We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. What's up, LightYears listeners? We're excited to invite you to the official LightYears slash Warriors World Draft Party, July 29th at Standard Deviant Brewery in San Francisco. Our first official show post-pandemic, food, drinks, real-time draft analysis, Q&As, special guests, free merch giveaways. And remember, your first drink is on us with a ticket purchase. We are excited and can't wait to see you there. Info to purchase tickets can be found on our social feeds and official LightYears link tree. And welcome to Light Years Radio. Andy Lou, we got a busy, busy day. Light Years After Dark, best Warriors interactive show you're going to find. Only show where the fans get the sound off. Yeah, that's true. That is true. We don't just sit here and just talk to the fans and yell at the fans. We let the fans yell at us. <laughs> and believe me, there's endless amounts of people want to yell at you. <laughs> With that, with that said, let's let's start. So, I feel like the number one news item of today to get into. Um, and by the way, if you want draft talk, listen to our last episode with Jonathan Wasserman. I feel oh. like that's like the perfect primer. Oh yeah, go for yes. it. That that and another thing, the draft show, guys. We appre- this is going on the main feed. We really appreciate everyone buying tickets. They are sold out. Uh, I didn't think we could do it. Sam did. I'm wrong. Per usual, sold out. Uh, there will be more tickets at some point. Right, we just don't know how many. We got to figure that out. At some the point, venue, the venue has asked us to stop. They want to yeah. see what they can accommodate. We'll probably sell tickets the week of. If you didn't get a ticket, just yes. pay attention. The week of the draft, we will put a few more on sale. Might be, yes. might be five, might be fifty. Don't know. You might. <laughs> you just want to pay attention. Take anyway, tickets. Go on StubHub. Scalp them. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. Anyway. <laughs> anyway. So Shams Charania put out an article today with kind of you know, general musings around the league. And in this, he notes, the Philadelphia 76ers have opened up trade conversations surrounding Simmons and have engaged with teams, sources told The Athletic. These sources also say that teams have engaged with the Sixers about Simmons have been met with a high price threshold for the three-time All-Star. The Sixers want an All-Star caliber player in return, one source said, etc. So, the first thing I think of when I see something like this, Andy, is who's leaking it. 
Because I think you and I both are connected enough. We know well enough. Teams have been talking about this forever. Maybe it's serious. Maybe it's not. But it's like anyone who watches basketball can see that the Ben Simmons, Joel Embiid partnership has, uh, it's just not working, right? It's just not working. And it's just kind of a question of when they make a decision like this, right? So I always, I always start with who leaked this? Who do you, who do you think? I mean, because Shams is kind of a player guy and <laughs> he has good relations with, with uh, Clutch, who happens to represent Ben Simmons. Uh, ben Simmons. I'm assuming it's a player agent leak, but the way he's wording it with the high price threshold, it makes me think it's both sides. And I also found it very interesting that he also wrote a weird line. I read it like twice. It said that they have a great relationship off the court. Right, like Ben Simmons and Joel Embiid have that's, better friends. That's the also, agent part. Yes, <laughs> very odd. Like, okay, I, I don't. I, I guess you know you're trying to make guys, both guys, likable because that's the thing, right? Like those guys obviously don't fit on the court, but it always felt like I don't know if these guys actually like each other off the court. Like we, like these guys were always kind of a star-crossed couple. It just never really made sense. But it's about time we it's got just two here. different, two different personalities, right? Like one, yeah, exactly. You know about time i mean it's a, it's about time like steph here's the thing i always felt was funny with steph clay and draymond like i i don't i don't feel like those guys are the groomsmen at each other's weddings maybe they are but like i don't think that's the case with those guys right but they're great friends like they're great friends you never hear any stories about those guys hanging out all the time though clay's on his boat steph's with his family draymond's doing his thing you know with, with, yeah, the, with the, rest of the goons clay's gonna end his life in like the perfect storm honestly so it's <laughs> <laughs> but, but like those guys aren't like they're not they're not those three aren't hanging out grabbing wine and watching shows or something like that that isn't it so which which what Joel Embiid and Ben Simmons like those guys you just never felt like it was that but it, it felt like a far work but it, yeah the thing is like hasn't this Ben Simmons stuff been a thing for a year plus now right like I I guess it's time it's official that that he's gone yeah and so to me the leak also sounds like the offers that have been put out there for Ben Simmons are a non-starter because Shocking. as much as, as much as we can say um, they got to trade him and it doesn't fit. And Ben Simmons is kind of declining. He's off of his worst playoffs, which I didn't, you know, he, it's not like he's been good in the playoffs in the past, but like, this is the worst he's ever played. Um, he's still under contract for four more years. So Philly always, always gets to be like, we don't have to do that trade. We can keep him. We can keep him and run this back and get to the second round again and again. And again. You know, like they, they can do that if they want. So like, to me, it sounds like they've gotten a lot of low ball offers. You know, uh, I saw at one point some, there was something was like Malcolm Brogdon and a pick. I don't even know if I buy that that was an offer. That seems kind of like... <laughs> You know, if they're offering you Brogdon and a pick, that feels like it's kind of close to getting a deal, right? Like that's a pretty that's a pretty decent return, right? Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I'd agree. Brogdon's my favorite player of all time, apparently, because I've brought him up every single podcast. I also think it's like, what's the deadline to make this trade, right? Like, whatever the deadline is, we'll see the best offers twenty four hours before. Like, the Warriors probably picked up the phone and said, "You guys want Andrew Wiggins in number 14? and Daryl Morey didn't even <laughs> pick up. Uh, yeah, like he probably said, just text me the offer. Like, don't waste my time, Bob. And then, but, but you know, smiley, what? smiley, floor spacing for Embiid. <laughs> like, you could play a small ball five or backup, you know, but like a week before 
the season, if that's the deadline, when Ben Simmons needs to go, then the Warriors are probably going to say, oh, or maybe like on draft day, whatever, they'll just go, all right, well, here you go. Here's four unprotected first and 16 pick swaps, right? Like if they want to make it happen, whatever it is. So I don't know. Do, do you think they'll hold on to him into the season? I guess is a better question. Well, we also have to talk about the fit. So those two things, those two things are, are, are good. Topics. So, so, so I think the leak is to try to get more serious offers because I think they want to get a trade done by the beginning of free agency. Like all things perfect. If I'm Philly, I want to get this done sooner than later so I can enter free agency knowing what I want to add. Like if you trade Ben Simmons for a shooting guard, you're going to probably want to pursue different things in free agency than if you trade him for like a power forward, right? That sort of stuff, right? So I think, I do think that there is some, there is some motivation to kind of get the offers cooking. And also the draft is usually a great time to get deals because everyone's always moving picks and all that sort of stuff. But I don't, I don't know that they're getting it. That's my thing. They're kind of, it, it feels like desperation to leak this right now where it's, it's like saying no one's, no one's offering me anything. Yeah. Yeah. All right. Um, in terms of the, I guess in terms of the types of offers, if you're the Warriors, the package, the one that makes sense is the standard one. It's Wiggins, Wiseman, seven and fourteen, right? Like, and everybody's gonna say, "Oh my God, it's it's everything." Do you want to do that for Ben Simmons? Right? Would you do that? I don't know if I would. Uh, here's here's my thing. I would have done that for Ben Simmons two years ago. Oh, you really think? Wow. Stock is that I, low. Wow. I have a major – I pause with, like, mental issues. If his issue was just shooting threes, I'd be like, yeah, bring him in. We can work with that. But he's now afraid to take layups because of the free throw line. I don't know where you go with that. I, I threw this point out on Twitter, Andy, and I think legitimately the Warriors could win a title without Ben Simmons shooting threes – if Ben Simmons was willing to take it to the rack consistently, kind of play that Giannis type of role, live with the fact that sometimes he doesn't make his free throws, but just be relentless going to the rack and like taking advantage of everything else he does. Yeah, their spacing would not be amazing. It'd be three shooters and then Ben Simmons, who doesn't want to shoot, and Draymond, who kind of floats around and pretends to shoot, but doesn't really shoot the ball either. Um, but I think it would work because of the talent level. But when Ben Simmons is not even willing to attack the rim because he doesn't want to go to the free throw line, that scares me. That really scares me. And um, I don't know, man. Like, I, I think it has to scare other teams, too, because, you know, it's one thing if he needs to improve his free throws or improve his jump shot. It's another thing if he's, like, afraid. Uh, I think that's fair. Um, and, and I think and I think if you're you're – Talking about the fit portion, Andre Godala is the fit that comes to mind. But Andre Godala shot threes, and he made. Them. I don't think they're. And I don't think they're similar at all because Andre is like a pure wing, and I kind of well, feel like Simmons, offensively, is like. Uh, I mean, I he's like Draymond. He's like a big, right? Oh yes, I. But I also think that he handles the ball. Uh, he's another guy that Steve Kerr is probably going to like in that aspect. He defends, uh, and he can defend a lot, um, a lot of positions. And so you can play him at the four right next to Draymond in closing lineups. That's, that's what they've done, although Andre was more of the three. But that still works, 
Like that'll work on that team. But the pro, the the at least the one thing you can count on is <laughs> Iguodala. Like he's gonna make some big shots and he's gonna shoot them. And like you're saying with Ben Simmons, that's just not gonna happen. And then you've got two guys that are like we're not talking about like eight points a game. We're talking complete zeros. I don't know. End of the day, I kind of still. I think really hard about that. That is a lot of talent you're throwing out there. And if he can, like, he is a guy that has scored 20, 30 points at a time. Do I think that it's suddenly all gone? I don't know. That's, that's the thing. You would have to, you would have to convince me that you could, um, yeah, you could get him back to attacking the ring. Someone, someone in the chat said, does, uh, Ben Simmons solve any of the Warriors issues? I would, here's what I would say. He improves the team IQ. He improves them defensively. I know they had a top five defense, but objectively, he's a better wing defender than Wiggins. He's a better wing defender than Clay Thompson, uh, assuming coming off of injury. And uh, I mean, he's first team all defense. He is that good on defense. What IQ. really matters to me is, is he willing to attack the basket? Because yep. The, the the Warriors' biggest offensive weakness, in my opinion, is not shooting. It's getting to the rim. 20th in field goal attempts at the rim. 23rd in free throw rate. If it wasn't Steph, no one else on this roster is getting to the rim. Wiggins, for all his athleticism, is just never going to be that guy. Draymond, I mean, we throw a party when he takes one layup, honestly. Um I can keep going down the list. Like this team doesn't have anyone who can take advantage of anything inside. In theory, Wiseman should be able to do that on some level. And on good nights, he did last year. And like, that's something he should improve on. But like if Ben Simmons can come in with just a physical aggression to attack the rim, he would actually be a huge offensive plus for them because that's one thing they don't have. Like, obviously you want someone to also be able to shoot the ball. who does that, but like sometimes you don't get the full package. But the reality is he isn't that guy right now. And I don't know how you can sell me that, like, you're going to be the one who, like, gets him back. A couple of things, and I I feel like we're a little bit too long on this topic now. we got to get to other things. But uh, I think the last thing is Ben Simmons comes in. He's probably the third option, right? Like, Draymond's still the the traffic cop. Steph Curry's still Steph Curry. You've got Clay facing the floor. Excuse me. And then Ben Simmons is kind of the third, fourth guy. And you want him to be better than that, but at least there's less pressure. Again, if you're going to make the Western Conference Finals, you're going to want them to play better. But, I mean, if you make the Western Conference Finals, you're in the Western goddamn Finals. Like, I don't know how you can sell me that you're doing that right now with Andrew Wiggins. Like, you're not selling me that. <laughs> like, that's not happening. You're not selling me that Franz Wagner at 14 is doing it for me. So, yeah. I, I would lean towards making that gamble, but I'm not. You know, you, you can sell me easily on why, why the Warriors wouldn't do it. Like, I wouldn't be mad about it. But I, I think I feel it, Sam. I, I, will, choice. I will say this. If you can lower the price, I'm in on the gamble. I'm just not ready to throw the full gamut at him. Like, honestly, I value Pascal Siakam much more than him. <laughs> uh, because I don't – if Siakam makes a mistake, it's because he made a mistake. It's not because of a mental issue. You know what I'm saying? Um, and I can live, I can, I trust Siakam to continue improving. He has got better, even though his jump shot was kind of subpar this year, but he has got better in terms of being a basketball player every year, more, uh, more trustworthy, reliable person. Whereas Ben Simmons, I just, I just don't know. I don't know, man. I have, I have a very hard time with like the Chuck Knobloch, like mental 
block type of thing. Um, should we move on to the next topic? Let's move yeah. on to the next topic before we open this to questions. Let's go Clippers. Um, Clippers. All right. It it was announced today. Kawhi Leonard partial ACL tear. Based off of what I'm seeing, that's going to rule him out for next season. Right. There's a chance he can be out back next playoffs. I don't know. Nothing about Kawhi's health has indicated fast returns. He's always taken the more cautious approach with his body. So, you know, I one, I feel bad for the Clippers. I firmly believe they would have won the title if they were healthy. Um, I don't. I think they're better than uh, Phoenix, but you know, that's the way. That's the sure. way it goes sometimes, sure. right? Um, and now I just don't know if they're ever going to get a chance because. Who knows what they're going to do? And this this has brought up a question we've talked about in the past. If the Clippers decide, okay, Paul, sorry, Kawhi is out this year. Let's do a mini tank and, um, you know, just kind of try to get as many assets as possible so that, like, when Kawhi comes back, we can build a different team. Do you throw it all to get Paul George? Uh, yes, 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 yes. Yes. Pascal Siakam, Ben Simmons, I think on a similar tier of you can sell me or you can't. Like I'm with it either way. Paul George, look, man, we've talked about this before. Come on. And and this is, by the way, we talked about this before Paul George did what he did against the Phoenix Suns. <laughs> like against the Phoenix Suns. Uh, when, when, the, when, the, when the PG stock was low, when there was a lot of pandemic P jokes, yeah. we were still believers on this show. Yeah. And you know you're you're a much better you're a higher believer than me and Paul George. Um, I, I think I'm Paul my, George is a fine player. I might be the biggest Paul George. I, I, you, I really don't you know might be why. The only. Yeah, you might be the only one hey, because Paul George makes it easy to make fun of him. That's why. Like he makes it easy to make fun. He of him really so does walk. He really does walk himself into jokes. Like I, even I can admit that. I was just like, why would you say that, man? Why would you? <laughs> now, now the thing is, and, and real quick on Kawhi, speaking as someone with a partial tear. Uh, what he probably did is he just ripped the thing apart. And and I asked a buddy of mine who was a doctor, and he said, yeah, it's probably what they did because there's no other way around it. So he's he's gone. It's like Clay Thompson when Clay tore his ACL. Sure, Sam, I guess like you were saying, you can come back at the end of the season, but have we ever seen Kawhi do that? I mean, Spencer, uh, Dinwiddie, was- Spencer Dinwiddie had a partial tear, and he had the normal surgery. Um, rehab time is uh, essentially it's the, the same. It's the same. Like, he's, yeah. he's, he's done, right? And uh, so – well, Paul George, you do that. You do that every single time. Now, it, it was a little bit weird that Paul George wasn't that confident when Kawhi was in the lineup. I think that was a Kawhi problem because when you play with Kawhi, it's a little bit different than playing with Steph Curry, right? Steph's saying, I'm cool with you taking your shots, Paul George, in, in the flow of things. Like, you don't need to look at me all day long, right? Well, so Kawhi, Kawhi is not really – yeah, Kawhi's not no. really a playmaker. Nope. Um, right. Nope. And neither, honestly, neither is Paul George. They're both like good nope. passers, but like there's a difference between them and Steph Curry in the sense of they're looking to get their shot first and then pass if they're, it just, if they're guarded basically. Doesn't whereas really like, work. Doesn't really whereas work. like, it was clunky. I thought it worked, but it was, it was kind of a talent thing, you know, where it was yeah. like, it, it was clunky, but like at a certain point, talent's more important like, than fit. Uh, like you say, you say the Clippers would have beat the Suns with Kawhi. Yeah, most likely. But Paul George was also playing completely different with Kawhi on the court. Like that stuff matters where you just got two guys that just, yeah, they're good friends and they're very talented, but they just can't play with each other. Steph Curry and Klay Thompson, anybody can play with those guys, right? Like anybody could. You saw what happened with KD and Paul George is essentially like a tier 
like a two tiers below KD, but still a fantastic player. I, I will say this. I don't think Paul George played poorly with Kawhi as much as it, it just looks bad. It looks worse when he has a bad game because Kawhi never has bad games. Like when, <laughs> when PG goes five for 15, you don't think anything of it if there's no Kawhi next to him. But if Kawhi's going like, nine for 15 next to him you're just like come on man why aren't you doing your half of the bargain right Ka- like that's Ka- kind of like Kawhi is like lebron he just and, and kd those guys really just never have a bad game statistically yeah exactly like i mean Kawhi has one of those like six for 18 inefficient nights it feels like once every 15 uh, yeah i i just i just don't think that fit ever worked out but um I, I, again warriors fit it's perfect you throw everything. You can't disagree with me on that. Wiseman. No, Wiggins, my, my, my real, my real question is, and by the way, I, how much? I was, how much? Um, I'm okay with giving up that package because the Warriors would have all their future picks. So like, because here's the reality of the issue. Paul George is the same age as Clay and Draymond. So Perfect. like you're going, you're going all in and that's fine because you have the team that's worth going all in on. But at some point, you do have to be afraid of trading too much of the future. Um, if you're just trading picks this year and Wiseman, you're not actually really trading the future because you still have your 2022, 2023, 2025 picks. What scares me is if he requires one of those deals where it's like you give him like six pick swaps in the future and they own your draft rights in like 2027 when Steph is like 39 years old and Clay's 37 and like, you know, they're probably not going to be that good. And you kind of want that pick. Like I would rather give up Wiseman, the seven, the 14 and just deal with the fact that like, they're probably going to have a down year in the future, but at least the Warriors have their pick picks. Yeah. 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 I I, I can't disagree with that. I mean, at least you'll be able to build around. Yeah. I mean, that's, I I can't. Now, what if they, what if, would you put, would you say hard no to that though? If they say, "Hey, we need the twenty whatever it is, like you twenty 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 six, whatever twenty twenty six. What if they said we just need that one? Like we need an unprotected twenty twenty six. Is that the deal breaker? Like that? I think that's where it becomes tough. Yeah, I mean, I think if you're willing to give them the upfront stuff, like you're willing to give them Wiseman, who was the number two pick last year, and the number seven pick this year, like we know where the number seven lands. It's a very good pick. Then I don't know if you can give him stuff in like 2026 or 2027. <laughs> it's kind of got to be a one or the other right. thing, right? Yeah. Um, I'm willing to go. I, I'd actually be willing to give those future picks if they were able to keep Wiseman or you know, uh, I'm whoever they get at seven, whatever. But it's like you can't do both because the reality is, on some level, you have to keep a little optionality for the future. Yeah. Um, in some capacity, like, you know, it's just the reality. Like you bring in Paul George, you're basically committing to the fact that you have, you're hoping to win at least a couple titles in the next four years. And that's worth it. That's a three-year window. And then you're going to, and then you're going to bottom out. But if you're going to bottom out, you at least want the pick. So you have a chance to draft, I don't know, the 2026 James Wiseman, right? Something like that. (laughs) I mean, yeah, if you're telling me that this team with three titles in the bank can win one or two more, and you're telling me that we're going to see four or five titles from this team, I mean, yeah, I'm going to live with 
I, I guess I don't want to be too hyperbolic and, and say like I'd give that pick up too, but man, like that is a look. The Clippers are gone. They are gone in terms of contender at this point. The Lakers, who the hell knows where they're going? Like who knows where they're? And then you've got the Denver Nuggets with Jamal Max, Murray coming maxing, off yeah. maxing Dennis Schroeder and tormenting <laughs> them the way they deserve it. <laughs> I saw a Kemba Walker rumor today. Like what are we doing there? And then LeBron's going to be thirty six, and then you've got Denver, who's a you know, pretty fraudulent team. Um, you got the Phoenix Suns, Chris Paul, one of their best players is going to be 36 again. Like we're talking about a Western conference. that's damn good, Sam, but you add, you add PG to the three guys that the Warriors have. <laughs> I mean, and it's a, and it's a perfect fit, you know? Yeah, it really is. It really I, is. I guarantee you Steve Kerr would prefer Paul George to James Harden. And oh. to, <laughs> to like a lot of like, I mean, Paul George is his perfect type of player. He's a team team basketball guy, phenomenal four to five position defender, doesn't dominate the ball. Kerr would get to run his preferred system. And quite frankly, I think Steph and Clay and those guys would prefer to play with a guy like um, I agree. Paul George, who plays more like a pure wing than bringing in a guy who wants to like dribble it all over the I agree. I agree. I don't think you're crazy. You're right. James Harden, probably a better player. If you want to start a team, actually, he is a better player. If you want to start a team, you want James Harden. He's fantastic. But for a team that already has Steph Curry, who's a top two player in the NBA, top damn near the best player in the NBA, like you don't need a guy that's bang, 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 pound the ball all day long. You need a guy. No, that you want you want a guy who can play in confluence of what all. you're trying to do. Yeah. But like he's also like a super, super sized role player while at the same time could play like a star. Like that's the thing. Like, yeah, I mean, he, he defends, passes, rebounds, shoots, like all those things. And I don't know. I don't think Paul George is killing someone if he only shoots ten times a game. You know, one game, right? Like, can you imagine James Harden doing that? Right? Like, like he's to me, it's as perfect as the KD fit was. It's just that PG's worse. He's shorter. He's not as good of a shooter, right? He's not better. Better defender, player. but obviously not as good on offense. Because <laughs> I mean, right. who is, who is as good on offense as him? Right? Yeah. So, yeah, I'm with you there. I think it's a no-brainer. It'll be interesting to monitor how that situation goes because we don't know what the Clippers are going to do. But obviously, this kind of ruins what they were planning to do next season. So, yeah, uh, that that happens. Okay, you want to do a Team USA take or open it to questions? Um, quick team USA take. Yeah, let's do maybe, maybe five minutes on this in questions. Um, I watched the game today. They won by what? 30. Um, so they look great today, but by the uh, way, the replay is going right now. Right on now. NBA TV. The, this team shout USA, out, shout out Kevin Dana, our guy. Oh, our guy. Um, better than Drew Schiller, uh, at announcing. So <laughs> I think with team USA, <laughs> they're a tough watch. I think that's the only take I have. They are a tough watch. I don't find them that entertaining to watch. Uh, maybe part of it is I have to watch Draymond Green do the same thing where he just kind of doesn't shoot layups and stands in the middle of the court and hands it off all day long. It's like, oh, yeah, I see that already 80 times a game, and it's fantastic. And the def- defense is fantastic. But I, I'm watching this team. I'm not entertained. Like, I don't watch this team, and I'm saying, yeah, this is Team USA. You Like, I'm not doing that. Like, it's not what I'm doing with these guys. They're fine. They're probably going to win. They're extremely talented. I don't really play hard. It's like I'm watching these guys, and I'm like, yeah. Sam, if they're on, if they're on, um, if they're on NBA TV, they're at the Olympics. I honestly don't care. Like they're not entertaining. Relax. That's my only take. I have, I have, uh, I have two takes. One, <laughs> I think Zach Levine is on the precipice of 
taking it up a tier in terms of his game. He's always had the skill level. I feel like the IQ is starting to catch up. You know what I'm saying? Like he's always been a three level scorer with outrageous uh, athleticism and all, and all the skill to go with it, but kind of made questionable decisions. I do feel like he's starting to kind of um, it's starting to click for him, be a little smarter with how he picks his spots. But, but my other take is it is hilarious watching NBA players not get those grifter whistles anymore. I'm going to be honest with you. I, every one of these players is capable of adjusting to it. Um, and it's yes. going to take them yes. a minute. Yes. All it does is make me angry at the way the NBA officiating is going yes. these days because it's a le- the league has basically made it impossible to play defense. And FIBA defensive rules are just – they're more in line with the intent of the game. They're more in line with basketball at every other level, how you played in high school, how you see college played. Like the NBA should adopt the FIBA rules with regards to um, – how defenders are able to use their hands, how physical they're allowed to be. I think that would make the NBA a much better product because we've all seen the highlights on social and it's hilarious to watch. Like it's, it's hilarious to watch Kevin Love try to pump fake to draw the three point shot. But it's hilarious because we all know that's not real basketball. And, and it's bad for the game that it's officiated that way because all these guys are capable of playing against more physical defense. Normal basketball. Just do it. Just play normal. Ba- I, I'm with you. And, and, and I tweet about it all yesterday. We all are. It, it's Okay, first of all, with Zach Levine, uh, uh, that's what I think of when I see James Booknight. That's what I'm praying for. So that's that's awesome that he's playing, that you love him. Uh, 2026, he's going to be Levine. <laughs> I know. It took a, take, Levine's 26. It's been a long, it's been a long time coming. Um, uh, the, the whistle stuff. It's not the player's fault. Like, do I blame? No, Damian no. It's 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 one hundred percent the league's. Like, hundred percent. If you told me I could get ten free throw attempts by doing, uh, uh, like a neck snap, I would do a neck snap too. You know, like it, it's just like you you Bradley Beal wants to win games. Damian Lillard wants to win games. Obviously, they're going to implement strategies to get to the free throw line if the refs are going to reward it. It's just reality. The only guy, and I find it's always super funny because these guys are so good at it. Steph sucks at it. And every time you see Steph do one of these things, you're like, well, one, he doesn't get the call. Or two, it's like, dude, you're going to get hurt, right? So, or, or it's just like, Steph, if you shoot your shot normally, you have a better chance of making it than just drawing the foul. So I always think that's really I really think I really think that's what it comes down to with Steph, <laughs> where you're like, dude, just, just throw it up. Like, I'll take the chance as it goes in. <laughs> like, like, it's probably going in. Don't, there's no need to, to foul bait. So. Yeah, I'm with you. I didn't see much of it today. And, you know, it, it'll probably take them maybe one game to adjust. And, again, this team's got so much talent, so much freaking talent that they're going to – they should roll through these guys. Um, I guess the other take I have, too, is, I, you know, maybe you get some more role players on this team would be nice. They kind of need guys where, like, they know what they should be doing. Or they just have those players accept what they should be doing. I don't it's actually like, – I, I actually well, don't I, think I, the I, roster – So they could use another big man for me, but it's like I'm just looking at it like – Tatum's a okay. Go ahead. I I think with these guys, they they kind of need to. Oh, I hate to say it this way, but you kind of need to know the role that you need to play. True, it's, true. It's like with Wade. Remember, remember that redeem team. Like they had all superstars, but those guys kind of knew what they needed to do. It was like Kobe, or like how Kobe Apex, was a defensive right? yeah. stopper. Yeah. yeah, yeah. 
it's like, you know, he's not, I mean, he can, he, he could D up, but like he wasn't a defensive stopper for the Lakers. Uh, but like for team USA, it's like, yeah, we don't need you to take 25 shots. So do that. Um, and that's yep. part of where, um, you know, they've had less practice time than other team USA is because of the season and the pandemic and everything. So I, it shouldn't be too surprising. It makes it a little more interesting, quite frankly. It just, it just, it, it makes me more excited to watch the tournament because they're more vulnerable. Like they should win gold, but it's by no means a, uh, a lock that they will. Right. Yeah. I, I, well, we'll see. I just, I just don't think they're fun to watch, but I watch every game, you know? So, so I'm not the, I don't think they're intending. If you're a basketball junkie, then you know there's no better time of year than the NBA playoffs. Twice a week, J.J. Redick is cooking on his podcast, The Old Man and the Three. He has guys come on in all stages of their careers to talk about the league and share stories you won't hear anywhere else, including Devin Booker on why he talks so much trash, Ray Allen's epic free throw competitions with LeBron in Miami, and the moment Tyrese Halliburton knew Pascal Siakam would be a good fit in Indy. In addition to player interviews, every Monday, J.J. breaks down the top three things happening around the NBA with unmatched analysis, not outlandish takes, and is often joined by masterminds of the game like Tim Legler to dive deep on rookie reports, trade breakdowns, and why is mean mugging now a tech? You won't find another outlet that covers the game as comprehensively and with such insight as JJ does it on The Old Man and the Three. Make this your companion podcast during the playoffs. Listen to The Old Man and the Three ad-free on Wondery Plus or wherever you get your podcasts. We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Let's get to some callers. We appreciate everyone. Maxwell, what's up, man? You've heard oh, damn. I came in pretty late. I wasn't expecting to be picked. Um, <laughs> okay. I, I, have, I have two questions for you guys, and, and you guys kind of touched on the first one about uh, the, the, the lack of whistles in the, uh, the FIBA games. And I was wondering, between these two things, what do you think would be more beneficial for the league? One, as you said, the, the less frequent whistles and not giving the bullshit calls. Or two, how the media talks about the game and kind of removing the hate, the hating on players and, you know, the, the, the LeBronification of basketball dialogue in general. That was my <laughs> – and I also have another thing, uh, Warriors-related. Do you guys even really want to root for Draymond as a player anymore? Because I find myself <laughs> not really wanting to root for him anymore because, you know, I, I watched him the entire year last year and he was amazing defensively, but 
the shit he says after being as awful as he was on offense, it's kind of just it just rubs me the wrong way. And I was wondering if if you, what you guys thought about that. Yeah, that's good. Sam, you want to take one? Yeah, I, I take one. Yeah. So Maxwell, by the way, we appreciate the question. I, you know, we we can talk about NBA media coverage, and I think we're all in lockstep and thinking it'd be better if they talked about the game and less about narratives. Um, but ultimately, if they change the way the if they if they let players play defense a little more, if they let a little more uh, hand checking go, a little less freedom of movement. Ultimately, I think I'd like that more. Yeah, I'm with you. By the way, I'm with you um, with the Draymond stuff. No, because I think we've seen that's what Draymond does the last two seasons. That's it's kind of who he is. Um, he he used to be a lot more like that to other teams outwardly, and I think that used to be the the cool part of rooting for Draymond is he was really bombastic at all times, and he would make fun of other teams and other players. Not make fun, but trash talk, and that stuff was really cool. I think nowadays he's getting very defensive of who he is, and Sam, I think part of that is just not that good anymore. So you're right. kind of seeing someone that's just getting a more defensive. I think it's fine. It's annoying. It's fine, but. Also, he goes out there and he was fantastic defensively when it mattered down the stretch of the regular season. I don't kind of don't care what he says as long as he brings that part of the game. The other stuff is you want him to shoot more, but that has nothing to do with talking. That's just we just got to keep praying, right, that he's just going to shoot better from three. So um, we got come on three championships, the best best defensive player of the generation. Can't can't uh, can't not root for the guy. Agreed. Ryan, what's up, man? Nothing much. Just got done moving, new house, all that Ooh, stuff. Congrats. Good luck. Congratulations. Thank you. Uh, well, three things. First, on the Team USA stuff, I think the issue with this Team USA roster is, A, they don't have enough people on the perimeter to put pressure on the ball, especially at the point guard and shooting guard position. Tatum's probably their best wing defender, and now he's injured. And secondly, they really don't have a playmaker that looks for other people's shot before a shot outside of Draymond Green. And that's also an issue. I feel like the roster construction is off in that way. And then secondly, um, Zach Levine is the guy that if we're going to sell the farm for someone, it's him because he's going to take the Olympic jump, I believe. And if Chicago wants to sell on him, he's like, you know what? I'm going out in free agency. He's the guy. And then also shout out to uh, Greg Popovich for going after LeBron Erotica, Joe Varden. That's it. Lebr- Lebrotica is that how are you calling it? Lebrotica fan Lebr- fiction. Joe Biden is shameless. Honestly, I'm impressed. He, he, he I, I'm also I'm time. also impressed. But um, what was I going to say? Oh, so he brings up the Zach Levine point. That'll be the interesting thing to monitor. So, like everyone knows, Team USA is kind of tampering, like Ground Zero. Um, if the Warriors do not make a move with regards to trading Wiseman and their picks, uh, I truly believe it's because they think someone better will come along later. Like they don't want to sell low and it could be a team USA thing. It could be Draymond telling Bob, don't sell the farm. Levine, Levine's unhappy. He's going to demand out in three months, you know, something like that. Right. Like you could see something like that. I don't know. You know, yeah, you never, you never know. know. I mean, you never know. So I don't know. Uh, I, I don't actually like the thing about all the trade packages we discuss right now. It's like, I don't think any of them are no brainers. Like the, the Ben Simmons one's not a no brainer. Um, Siakam's not even available yet. Like we just assume he's available and we're, right. we're assuming Paul George's. So it's not like 
it, it's not like, uh, you know, someone has publicly came and demanded a trade and the Warriors are just sitting idly. Well, Chicago, you can have Zach Levine or you can have the guy, James Booknight, who could be the next Zach Levine. Plus, so, plus, plus Josh, plus Josh Giddy. Yeah. Well, you know, plus, plus Chris Bosch, you know, come on. <laughs> <laughs> Gary, what's up, man? What's up, fellas? How you guys doing tonight? Good. What do you got going well, on for? Uh, I got a, a two-parter. What do you guys make of the 2022 Warriors uh, championship odds being uh, eight to one, which is third right now? Uh, is that Vegas kind of just working the money, knowing the Warriors have a big fan base, and uh, or do they know that a uh, big move is coming and they're kind of getting ready for that? And my other question is, uh, what is uh, Sam Sources saying on uh, what, what's uh, Beal's? <laughs> Bill situation is in uh, DC. <laughs> uh, I have nothing to say on Brad Beal, but the Vegas stuff's interesting, Andy. Uh, I think it's a little bit of everything. I don't know about you. I think it's a little bit that they think the league isn't that strong, and if right. Clay is healthy, right, uh, they're not that far off. Uh, I think it's a little bit. You never know who the Warriors are. Like one move away. And I think it's a little bit they knowing a lot of people like the Warriors. Yeah. I, here's the thing. The Warriors have a fantastic freaking fan base. Like, we're not just talking about Light Years listeners who are obviously the best Warriors fans that are out there. But Warriors fans are enormous. As much Arudite, as like fans. <laughs> we got great fans. Like, you and I, great fans. We're the best. You and I. Uh, but I think part of it is that I'm with you on the part where I don't think they think that the league is that amazing, at least in terms of like there's two teams here that are going to win a championship. Like who right now we're watching the Bucks and the Suns. Fantastic series. I hope the Bucks win. I think but, Brooklyn, Brooklyn has the highest ceiling. Yes. Yes. But like they're so volatile. But, but, they're but just yeah, so. Kyrie just sprained an ankle. James Harden's fat. Right, and he just—he's not ready to play ever. Kyrie, uh, Kyrie started taking like just sick days for days. no reason. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> to party, like I had a, like half the time. Like sometimes he would be actually out, and then sometimes he'd be out. Nobody knows what he's doing. Can you see yeah. him at a party? It's like well, I, don't, I don't know what's going on over there. Anyway, it's not about. I, I think it's a fair – I also think part of it's uh, – they think that the Warriors going to make a move, right? Like part of it is they look at the Warriors pieces there, and they're like, well, they got to get someone. Like they, or at the very least, they got to get someone like Batum who's going to help them out. Right, that's a name that probably is is on the table now. Like he's probably not going back to the Clippers. Like he's probably saying like, well, okay, I got to go chase Ring somewhere. Maybe, maybe. Uh, but like that's another guy. Like maybe these guys are going to get those vets now that they couldn't get last year. So third, probably a little high, Sam. But you know, I don't think it's fair. I don't think it's crazy. No, I think I think it's in the the realm, and I think everything is. Uh, you know, it's it's all open right now. Yeah. That's why they got to make no job. Mick Walter, what's up, my man? What's up? What's up? Hey, I like the uh, the Olympic talks there. Really worried about the U.S.'s draw. Iran, powerhouse, you know, Czech Republic. I watched Wiggins tear them apart and almost knock them out pre-qualification. They're dependent on Jan Basley. Almost. Well, I mean, come on. He made a miracle six-point run with 12 seconds left. I mean, shit. What do you expect Canada to debacle in and of themselves and then france and their group there's nothing to worry about i don't know why people have their panties in a bunch over the team usa you know they're, they're gonna be fine they're missing three guys in the finals right now 
they're going to be just fine. Um, this this isn't on panic level. If we had Spain or Argentina or not Argentina, we just wax them. But like Spain or Slovenia with Luca in our bracket, uh, be a little worried. But nah. Not right now. And and as far as the dubs go, I want them to make the picks. Get some youth on this darn team, and let's round out the bench. And then we can bring in a veteran, like you just said. Batum's probably on the move. Serge Ibaka's probably on the move. All these ring chasers are now going to be available again. You know, we all fawned over Mark Gasol, who got no playing time. He got put behind Drummond. He's probably also available. But, you know, there's, there, 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 there's a whole bunch of options out there that we, we can tap into. Let's make these picks and, and fix our bench, right? That's one of the best ways to do it. And if they're any good at all, like pool, look, last year you turn around and trade them. And then you bring in some assets. That or else you do Godfather, like you guys said earlier, and bring Paul George in. But I don't think I, the Clippers would do it. I think the Clippers would want to try to get a bazillion draft picks because they traded away yeah, so they could get George. Yeah. That's that's true. The Clippers yeah. did trade away every pick through four presidential <laughs> cycles. So, um, I, and I think I think McWalters actually probably mirrors how the Warriors feel about it, which is yeah. like, hey yeah. man, we're going to upgrade our player development staff, and you know what? Let's let's not trade James Wiseman off of a bad year. Let's make him look like a superstar so we can make teams beg us for him as opposed to the other way around. So I, I think I think I think there's some value in that statement, even though we, we all want them to kind of move faster. Yeah. Yeah. I think the Warriors are in a good place. Hey Will. What's up, Will? Yeah, what's up, fellas? I think the uh the biggest fear that I have is we're gonna do something similar. It's kind of what the 49ers did, uh, where we trade our assets. Like they trade their two first rounders to move up to get Trey Lance, who I like. I think he's going to be a good player for the Niners. But granted, like he's never touched a field in the NFL. Yeah, he's come from the D2. And, you know, Aaron Rodgers became available after that. I'd be weary of us trading, like, you know, some key pieces of our Godfather offer for a guy like Derek White, who's a you know, a solid player, man. I think he could really help our team. But who's to say if, like, Dame officially becomes available after we make that trade or, you know, Paul right. George. Right. You know, I think that's what I'm worried about the most. But um, who's to say we trade the picks at all? I mean, all these new hires are very, you know, there's one common factor. It's all about development. You know what I mean? With um, Malala, Malala, I don't even know how to pronounce his name, Kenny Atkinson, right. those type of guys. Right. But um, – you know, I, I guess the the final question I'll leave you guys with is: Let's say we have the Godfather offer on the table for Paul George and Levine, and they're both available. Who would you want more between those two guys? Oh man! Ooh, oh, this man. is Yo, this is an amazing players. Oh god! Sam, this is an amazing this is an amazing hypothetical that could turn this into a three hour show. I'm not ready to do it right now. It's not close. Uh, it's because not close. on the one hand, one stop it. It's it's obviously Levine. <laughs> I mean, Paul George helps you win more next year, but Levine is twenty five, oh, man. I know it's tough. It's I tough, know. man. It's tough. I I'm sorry. Do you see his dunk today? Do you see his dunk today? I'm sorry, man. It's tough for me. Clay's gonna come back slow. It's better that Clay guards LeBron anyway. <laughs> uh, Levine jump. I think Levine jumps twice on his on his dunks. It is actually ridiculous. Uh, and Paul George, you win two titles and you move on. Uh, Zach Levine is is uh, is yeah, he's awesome too. But 
uh, his defense right. isn't anywhere close to Paul George. But uh, no, and, he, <laughs> and it never will be because very few players will be. So um, uh, you know, it's he makes a Will Decker makes a, it's, a decent point though. It's with, a go all. It's a it's a go all in with yeah. the perfect fit for the next three years versus take the talent who's going to be an all star for the next eight years and. That's a tough one. That's a tough one. Think, what, do you, what do you think the Warriors? What do you think? What do you think, Steve, Bob, and they'll, they'll, they'll take Paul George. Okay, first off, first off, Steve and Steph will be like, "Give me Paul George. Yeah. I don't care. I don't care about your future." But management, management will make it a much tougher choice for the same reason that I'm making it, which is like, right. I don't know. <laughs> anyway, uh, they're not going to be in a position where people are like, "Which one do you want to take, Paul George or Levine?" So, <laughs> but it is a fun hypothetical. Oh, you take look one who's and you're happy. You take look one who's calling happy. in. Look who's uh, calling in. Oh, yeah, here we go. Awesome. The legend. <laughs> hey, the, legend boy, here to, the legend here to talk some trash after the big win Monday night. Hell yeah. Nah, mate, I'm <laughs> humble as fuck. You know that. It's all good, buddy. Um, What's up, Luke? Yeah, man, all good. I was just watching I was just watching Australia pump the shit out of the guys you couldn't beat, so it was all good. <laughs> um, <laughs> I was, I'm just I just We, we need a, we need a max Patty Mill. Well, man, if he's available, let's fucking do it. You know what I mean? Let's get yeah. it. Um, I was just going to ask. Sorry, I can't be there for the party, boys. COVID's fucked here again. So I wish I, wish I could come over and go there, but that'd be sick. But uh, anyway, um, I just wanted to ask. I don't know if you guys saw the replay just then of uh, Australia, Nigeria. What's your thoughts on Giddy? Because I just asked Tony and uh, OZ in the Discord, and they were asking about his measurables, and they were all like, oh, fuck. But he seems like a guy that, like if 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 like you know Draymond doesn't tamper the fuck out of the joint in the Olympics and we don't get like say Beal or someone, which I hope <laughs> I'm which I'm hoping I'm wrong because anyone that thinks we don't need a fucking superstar is absolutely kidding themselves. We get a superstar, we're fucking we're back in the ball game now, especially with the Kawhi Leonard news. Um, what if we do keep our picks right at seven fourteen? What do you guys think about a guy that can just actually fucking play and be trusted to play in a, in a rotation like Giddy? That's what I was kind of going to ask you guys about. So I haven't really heard, haven't really heard you much talk about this play. So I wanted to kind of know what you guys thought about that. I, I do like Josh Giddy. It's so the hard thing with the draft, by the way, Luke. Appreciate it. So the question for me is, do you believe Josh Giddy will eventually be a shooter? Because I guarantee you, the guy is going to be smart enough to play in an NBA court. Uh, he's a point guard. He's a huge point guard. Uh, the real question for me is, is he going to be able to hit shots good enough at an NBA level to be a starter? Or is he going to be like uh, like what uh, Wasserman said on our last podcast, a supersized rookie? I, okay, so I by the actually way, got, by the I way, got to Josh Giddy. A big, actually, a big yeah, Ricky yeah. Rubio is objectively a very good player. But you do get what I'm saying with like the – if he can hit outside shots, yeah. I got to I got to the giddy stuff and uh, that that's what I thought as well. I mean, I'm not I'm not watching all his games again. That's always my thing. But he's really smart and he's 19. And for someone 18. as smart as that at 19 years old or 18, like I remember he was extremely young. As, as someone that's 18 years old and extremely smart, that tells me he's he's a basketball player. He's an NBA player for probably the next 10 years, 15 years, right? And so like you said, he would get hot, get confident, and he would be able to make some threes. But we don't know how consistent that is. Um, is he gonna be able to play right away? I don't. I doubt it. He's 18 years old. <laughs> like who? LeBron James is the only player that can do that. And so uh, I doubt he's gonna be able to play right away. But um, that's a player that's probably there at 14. 
And I think is also, he's a guy that Steve Kerr probably loves. Like, that's the other thing. Well, that's so, the player that the Warriors So here's, yeah, here, here's my thing. I like every player in the 7 to 14 range, but I don't feel confident about it. I'm like, I think James Booknight can be a special scorer, but I'm not convinced he can pass the ball well enough to, and if he can't pass the ball well enough, he's just going to be a sixth man. You know what I'm saying? Um, I think Josh Giddy has some special vision. He really knows how to play basketball. Um, a little slow, so he's probably not going to be great on defense. But I don't know if he can shoot the ball well enough. And if he can't shoot the ball well enough, he might just be like a great second unit playmaker, I, right? I, I, Franz I, Wagner, like I can, I can keep going. All I'm saying is, yeah, like, they are like there's that. a there's a reason they're in the second tier and not in the first tier because like I don't have those doubts about Cade Cunningham or Jalen Green. Like I know those guys will be damn good, and that's the hard part. That I mean, well, quite frankly, that's that's what you get paid to figure out, right? Well, that's what that's uh, uh, that's also what. Kenny Atkinson and and Jamo Malalela and and you know I got Milojevic 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 God I'm so sorry guys um but like that that's what those guys are here for that's what the Warriors that's why the Warriors hired these guys right so uh if they're gonna use these picks which uh, you know fifty fifty that they're gonna use both of them you know if Josh Giddy is gonna develop a shot it's up to these guys these guys are gonna help him do that and you by the way Hawaii, don't you what's, yeah right yeah. I was going to say, don't you feel like seven's a little aggressive to take Josh Giddy, but I don't think he's going to last to 14. God, that's how I feel feel about Franz Wagner, who I think would be a perfect warrior player. Um, I don't want to take him at seven because I'm not convinced he has like cornerstone upside, but I don't think he's lasting to 14. Um, Book night, same deal. And, uh, you know, we, we haven't even talked about like, Moses Moody or some of the other guys, but like it applies to all of them. God, it's kind of a it's like in some ways I feel like trading one of the picks and using the other one is the move because you're gonna get the same level of prospect at fourteen and seven, but um, you know someone has to actually want to trade you someone worthwhile for the pick. And, and I think the other thing too is I don't know if there's a such thing as a reach at at seven. I, I know Nash uh, Mimon is in the chat saying that, but I don't know if there's a, a reach there. Like I think there's no guy at seven where you're saying like, wow, he has incredible talent and measurables like coming and Scotty Barnes. We can't pass on him to take Giddy, but like at seven, yeah, Book Knight probably has the highest upside there. But if the Warriors pass on him, I'm not killing myself. Well, that's no, no, no. But like, I'm not, I'm not like, I'm not depressed, right? Like, they can take it either. It's, it's not a no brainer. It's not, it's right. not like they're, right. it's not like right. they're sitting at four with Jalen Suggs and Kuminga and Barnes on the board and decided to like go random. Yeah, there. let yeah. me get book night at four. Like, yeah, exactly. Like, I, I mean, although you know, maybe it'll work out, but it's like, well, why don't you just trade down and get that? Guy? Yeah, exactly. If the Warriors trade down to ten, like, I can't get book night. Who knows? Like, or maybe book night size to thirteen, like. Like you said, Sam, like it's all the same guys, it feel like. At that, at that 8, 9, 10, 11, 12 mark, it's just kind of – it's going to be fascinating. It's going to be great. That's why y'all need to come to the draft show <laughs> when the t- new tickets come out. What's up, man? Hey, can you guys What's hear up, me? man? There we go. Yeah, we can hear you. What's going on? Okay. Not much. Hey, uh, um, I want to know, uh, what do you guys uh, – well, well, first of all, I got a comment. I don't think 
uh, Bill is coming here. I think that I seriously believe that he's going to end up with the Celtics. It's going to be a big three with uh, Tatum and Brown. Just, just so much stuff I've been reading and and just Ooh. watching those two it. on the court together and all that. It's just yeah. Well, they, and, play, um, they went to the same high school. They've like they've known each other since they were kids. So exactly, exactly. Um, and also, um, like if we don't get a star, uh, is there any way like we could acquire uh like Duncan Robertson or uh maybe uh Bogdan from Atlanta? Because Clay is not going to be available until like December. Maybe, <laughs> maybe. Yeah, that's fair. That's a that's a great question. So I don't. So Duncan Robinson, any of those free agents are out the window because they're all gonna. The Warriors are only gonna be able to sign someone for the taxpayer mid level, which is like six million. Um, they're not getting they're not getting Duncan Robinson for that. Now, someone like Bogdanovich, I kind of feel like he played so well that Atlanta is not gonna trade him. Uh, but they always have trade options. Um. I don't know, man. I, I I just don't. I don't see it. I think I think it's more likely that they maybe get like Batum. Batum for the taxpayer would be, uh, you know, I mean, he's not going to replace Clay, but he does help you in different ways. Oh, I mean, and that's then a hope, plus plus plus. Yeah. And then you hope you hope the draft works out, and you just kind of have to live with the fact that like when Clay doesn't play, you know, shootings, it does a lot on stuff. But yeah, yeah. I mean, that's that's welcome to the. As as much as Joe Lacob thinks it's about him, I'm, I'm it's it's a lot. It's mostly on Steph. <laughs> it's mostly on. Uh, Steph. Last caller of the night. Uh, the take us problem, home. The problematic option zero. No, I'm I'm gonna I'm good today, man. I, I don't have any more trade or draft talk. You guys know you guys know the score. I'm not gonna rehash it all, but <laughs> I just gotta say, Sam, Andy, do not let me down on the next premium pod. You know what I want. Do the thing, and also. To the 103 people in the speaker in the room, sign up for premium. Do not miss this. If it's what I think it is, <laughs> don't let me down, guys. That's all. Otherwise, <laughs> thanks. That is a perfect call. That is the. By the way, yeah, I hope that is a perfect call. That is a perfect call to end it on. We appreciate everyone who stopped by today. We'll be back Thursday night after. Um, well, I don't know what time we're about Thursday, but we'll figure it out. <laughs> we'll, um, be we'll be back at some point. Yeah, we got some we got some good stuff going next week. We got a uh, we uh, we'll get Sam Vecini on before the draft. We Ooh. got a couple other good guests. Slater, um, you know. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We got some good stuff coming up. Appreciate you all, guys. Have a good night. <laughs>